Hello, Husky fans. This is Max Cerullo, and you are listening to another episode of Yes, UConn, the podcast where we dive deep into the greatest UConn basketball games ever played. Uh, and today, uh, Tim Fontenot joins the show again, and we are going to basically just kind of cover where we stand right now as far as UConn basketball. Uh, so, you know, obviously we've been covering for the last couple of weeks some of the other, uh, you know, reigniting the rivalries, so to speak, and we will be continuing with that. Uh, we'll have uh, the, the people have spoken. Uh, put out a poll recently you guys want Creighton you guys are going to get Creighton probably going to do Seton Hall at some point too but uh yeah so just for now obviously a lot has happened in the past couple weeks um we know some stuff now (laughs) for for the first time in ages it feels like we're finally starting to see some real uh, measure of progress here so um Tim I guess just kind of to start big picture um you know we've learned a lot in the last couple weeks between Big East Media Day and you know just you know, the AP came out with their first preseason poll. Ken Palm just dropped their first poll recently. Uh, you know, we, we're starting to get a sense of where things stand. So what do you what do you think? How do you feel about kind of where UConn is in our early November, uh, a couple weeks before opening day? I feel great. I mean, this is one of those things where, you know, you're waiting on something for a really long time. And the closer it gets, you start to get really anxious and really excited at the same time. And then it's almost like, it, you know, it's actually here. It's happening. Well, that's how it feels with UConn being in the Big East. And so it's just, it's so good to be home and to have such a good team to bring back into this conference. I mean, look, you just mentioned the the preseason poll, the Ken Palm rankings, the AP poll. I think everything kind of lines up exactly where a lot of us feel like this team was going in. So, you know, we didn't expect, I mean, you know, when we get to Madison Square Garden in the Big East tournament, you know, that's our territory. So, you know, maybe we will win the Big East in this first year. Who knows? But in terms of how we stack up here at the beginning of the season, you know, everyone knew Villanova was going to be top. Creighton right behind them. Um, it was a – I didn't actually think Providence was still in the Big East. So that was a bit of a surprise to see them up there at number three. Uh, but then us right there. And then, you know, 38th when you – when you break down where everyone ranks in that AP preseason poll, I think that's kind of right in line where we thought they might be, where a lot of people had them. Ken Palm has them at 43. That makes sense. So, you know, here we go. Let's see what they got. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, I think the AP poll is probably a good place to start. Uh, just, uh, and then, you know, kind of dovetails into the, the Big East uh, coaches poll and all that, too. So, uh, as everybody expected, Villanova is the top dog here so far. They're ranked number three in the country to start the year. And, uh, you know, it makes perfect sense. I mean, you listen to virtually any expert, you know, any, you know, all the main podcasts, all the, you know, literally ask anybody and, you know, Villanova is the favorite and as they should be, they bring back like basically everybody except for Sadiq Bay. And, you know, just, that's just when you've won the conference, I I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. I want to say seven out of the last, I think seven times in the last seven years between the regular season and the, uh, conference tournament, maybe, Give or take one. I, I don't know that. Don't quote me on that. But Villanova obviously has earned earned the right to just be the favorite. So, you know, one of UConn's first order of business is going to need to be taking them down. Um, and then, yeah. Cra- did this past season. Yeah, man. I know. That was I was at that game. That was one of that was one of the most enjoyable games I've been to in a long time. You know, given how bad this team was for so long. They, so I, I don't mean to get off topic here, but they really, really brought it to Nova in that game in Philly. And, you know, one of the things that you said, they bring everyone back. 
you know, there's some ballers on that team, some unbelievable players, especially a guy like Colin Gillespie, who UConn shut down in the first half of that game. I don't think he made a single field goal in the first 20 minutes. So, you know, they went down to Philly and right away were just like, hey, you're going to have to deal with us two, three times a year. So be ready. Yeah. Shout out to Philly, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. Villanova. Yeah, no, Villanova's uh they're great, uh, for sure. That game was awesome. Yeah, what was most fun about that was like same thing with the Xavier game. You're just like, oh hey, this is what it's like. You know, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just got to win these games. Um, yeah. So Creighton, obviously. So yeah, so uh, Creighton's ranked number eleventh in the country to start the year, and then yeah, so Providence is interesting because like. I don't really know, you know, Providence has been good, you know, relatively speaking the last few years. And, uh, you know, after, after Villanova and Creighton, it does feel like everybody else is kind of a big jumble. Uh, And yet it does seem like the consensus is that Providence is probably the next best team, which I'm a little surprised by. Um, So obviously we like, we, I know we like to, to jest that they're not really in the big East, but for real, like Providence is pretty good, you know, and just, you know, the conversation I had with uh, Kevin McNamara a couple of weeks ago, you know, they got there, you know, they're well coached and they've got some good players. So um, that game is going to be probably the most interesting, I think uh, of the, the uh, early season, big East matchups. Cause like, you know, you're going to get them on the road, but like in their like on campus gym, I think like not the usual Providence environment, so right. that's, it's going to be such a fascinating matchup. Just like literally just like the two best, like, I mean, it's probably not an exaggeration to say they're the two best teams in new England, just lining up in a, like what a small gym and just, just go <laughs> like that's, you know, yeah. that's going to be a fat, that's going to be wild. Uh, what do you, what, I don't know. What do you think about Providence? You know, we'll, we'll, in a, we'll just say the kind of the somewhat serious take on Providence. Yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued by this team. I have no idea what to expect. Um, you know, a lot of people are really backing them to to be one of those top three, four teams in the Big East, which I guess I have, I've been away for a while. I know they had that one good year or um, where they made the run at the Big East title. I think they won it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, you know, they, they lose three or four guys from last year who were key contributors all year, so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And... You know, up high in the Big East preseason poll, getting votes in the AP poll, Ken Palm has him at 63 and has that game, like, obviously early on, and we know nothing right now based on the fact that there haven't been any games played, but that looks like it's going to be a really, really tight contest, like you said, in uh, in Rhode Island. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think looking at the schedule, you know, St. John's, Georgetown, DePaul are all kind of near the bottom in the Big East this year. Uh, Creighton's obviously going to be a really, really tough matchup, but we get them at home and it's going to be a really, that's going to be a good test of where we are. But I think that Providence game is an even bigger test of where we are at this point going into this new, uh, this new, but not new conference. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I wasn't sure what order to do this, but it kind of feels like we should just cover the the conference, uh, the first five games, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's. Uh, yeah. Let me run it through it real quick. So you know, UConn's going to open uh, at home against St. John's, which is going to be dope. <laughs> it's a shame that like the building's like you know there's going to be like 27 people in there, uh, but even still, it'll be special. And then at Georgetown, hopefully, uh, you know, if UConn loses to to Georgetown, we have some big problems. But yeah. 
you know, I, not too worried about that. Yeah. So at Providence, that's game three. That's going to be just, that's just going to be a blast. That, Cause you know, St. John's and Georgetown, UConn really needs to win those games. Providence oh, yeah. is the one where you're like, okay, how, what are, what are we this year? It's a real chance to, you know, get a good, a uh, good result uh, in the conference play. And then, Oh, here we go. Creighton at Gamble Pavilion is the next one up. So two of like the three, you know, two of the big marquee conference games uh, at home, uh, sorry, Providence is on the road. Uh, Creighton's at home, you know, right in short, short succession. So we're going to learn a lot about this team real quick. Uh, and then uh, at DePaul um, a couple days before Christmas. So, um, you know, that's a pretty good appetizer. You got a good mix of teams, uh, you know, you're saving Villanova for later, which I think is really important. Um, but, you know, if Providence and Creighton are two of the ones I really want to see soon, uh, see early on. So that'll, uh, that'll be fun. What do you think? Uh, what do we think about, um, the rest of the schedule that we know of uh, the legends classic UConn is confirmed to be playing Vanderbilt on December 1st, and then they'll play either BYU or USC a couple days later. Um, when we also, there's rumors that they'll probably play NC state at Mohegan sun at sometime that week as well. Uh, and then uh, there's been, I don't think this is official official, but uh, Jeff Goodman says they're going to open the season against central Connecticut. Uh, they'll, and then there's other reports that they might play Hartford and probably another in-state school. So um, how do we feel about just the, the way things are shaping up so far in that respect? Um, pretty good. You know, obviously, you know, with this season, it's going to be a whole lot of just throwing together whatever you can. Uh, it's a real shame about the Florida game. I think that would have been such a great game to have on the schedule with with or without fans. And But obviously that just doesn't seem like a really doable thing right now. So NC State... You know, still a still a top one hundred Ken Palm opponent, I believe. That's uh, so that's not bad. That's gonna be uh, that should be a pretty good game. Um, you know, that Legends Classic is a shame. There's no Notre Dame in that, but Vanderbilt should be a good win against a power conference team to start the to start heading into Big East play, and then you get either USC or BYU, which could be a really good matchup, especially if it's USC. Um, I've heard, yeah, those in-state schools to, to start the season, you know, you'd expect those to be very comfortable wins, even if, you know, even if they're coming in after two weeks of not being able to play and then a short week ahead of the first game. Um, you should always beat Central Connecticut. You should always beat U-Heart. Um, I've seen Sacred Heart floating around, I think, as a rumor, too. So, obviously, another game you should win. They did so by 22 last year, I believe, was the final score. So, yeah, just... Get your feet under you. Get you know. Get those games in, and then head into the Big East. And you know those five Big East games. You, I can see three and two, four and one. You got it. You got to at least get three wins out of those. And then, who knows what the heck happens after that? If you go into a bubble, or if you keep the keep going school to school, we'll see what happens. Yeah. No. Definitely. Uh, for the the listeners, if you could hear typing there, that was me on Ken Palm trying to scope out everybody and see who's around here. So NC state is ranked. Here. <laughs> NC state's ranked number 55 in Ken Palm. So, uh, you know, that, that would be a quality game. Uh, it wouldn't be as good as Florida. Florida's ranked 24 in Ken Palm to start the year, yeah. but you know, yeah, it is what it is. It's still a good team. It's still a, you know, if, if by the American athletic conference standards, NC state would have been like one of the best teams on the whole schedule. So <laughs> yeah, you know, it's all good. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think the, 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 the uh, first, we'll say the first, what, what, like five weeks of the season, four weeks of the season, uh, looks like it's shaping up to be pretty interesting, at least. 
yeah. obviously it'll be a while before we really know like you know after the new year is when you know the rubber is going to hit the road but you know what's what's you know most years are like that anyway really like you know you hardly know anything before you know before uh you know before new year's so in this respect yeah. we're actually going to see a lot more good games than we normally do um, I always think back to 2000, 2010, 2011, which at the same time is also a horrendous example because not, not only did they win Maui early in the season, but they then won the Big East and the national title. But, you know, outside of, you know, they started the season undefeated, had such an amazing run in Hawaii, and then they come back, they stay undefeated, and all of a sudden you start Big East play and you've got the super young team, seven freshmen, whatever it was, one upperclassman, two upperclassmen. And you go to Pittsburgh, and you just get run out of the gym. And I think there's like this massive wake-up call that happens. Like, oh, right, this is conference play now. Things get different. Things get tougher. And so I feel like that's something that kind of happens with UConn a lot, um, especially you know when they had to open the American playing New Year's Eve in Houston or SMU or something like that. That was that was happening way too often. So they had a yeah. real knack for getting the absolute worst possible matchup to open con- conference play. Didn't they? The worst. And this is just like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but it feels like such a nice welcome back to have St. John's in Georgetown. And I love the sentiment of the, of the St. John's game playing at Gamble, your first game back in the big East against the team that you opened Gamble against 30 years ago, whatever it was at this point. And that's just that's gonna be fun. So whatever happens. Yeah, I I, I think the UConn's definitely getting a, a break there because it yeah. was always Cincinnati or it was Houston or just like yeah, just like you know, 2010, 11. Yeah, it was Pittsburgh on the road. Like God, talk about getting thrown to the wolves, man. Like yeah, <laughs> it's like they it never felt like they got opened with uh they opened with DePaul or anything like that. Um, shout out to DePaul. They're actually not ranked last in the Big East poll. Um, yeah. It's a tremendous indictment of where Georgetown is at the, as a program right now. Um, so, yeah, just to run it through all the way. Yeah, so UConn's four, Seton Hall's five, Marquette six, Xavier seven, Butler eight, St. John's nine, DePaul 10, Georgetown 11. And that's the Big East men's basketball poll. And the way it actually works out is actually that's kind of the same way the AP poll breaks down because Seton Hall is also, UConn would be ranked uh, the number 38 in the country by the AP poll, uh, just cause the number of votes they received Seton hall would be number five. And you know, after that, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it seems like it's good to know. Everybody agrees. It's not going to work out that way, obviously, but, um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, big East media day. That was one of the big things. Uh, one of the other big things is the, um, uh, the conference preseason player of the year teams were announced and James book is picked as a second team, all big East, um, which, Actually, like it feels about right, except like Charlie Moore from uh, DePaul was picked first team, which feels like an outrageous uh, decision. <laughs> I think uh, he was people... unanimous too, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Oh, geez. Oh man, <laughs> I I have a feeling that's gonna go over about it. That's gonna age about as well as Ben Hansbrough for uh, Biggie's Player of the Year in 2011 oh, over Kemba. Gosh. Maybe. Well, I don't know. Maybe not that bad. <laughs> Opening but... up old wounds there. <laughs> um... Anybody who has listened to this show for long enough knows that that I'm never, ever going to get over the insanity of that one. But him fouling out with eight minutes to go in that game at Gamble was one of the greatest moments ever. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty good. Um, anyway, yeah, so James Booknight uh, got second team honors. It, it feels like, you know, 
worst case scenario, that's perfect. Best case, you know, best case scenario, he'll be like conference player of the year, but he'll have some stiff competition. There's some real players in this league. Uh, yeah, we talked about Colin Gillespie from Villanova, Jeremiah Robinson Earl from Villanova. Both of them got first team. Marcus Zagorowski is from Creighton is the uh, preseason Big East player of the year. That dude can play, uh, you know, for, for real. Uh, David Duke uh, from Providence, uh, just uh, he's he's a guy. I, I gotta say he's a. I've been very impressed by him for a while. He was a. I think he was AAU teammates or something like that with a cook a cook. Uh, so he's he was one of those guys who was all over the New England circuit. So um, to see him go to Providence and kind of like taking over that team is pretty pretty cool to see. But uh, he, he's gonna be a real problem for UConn because you know that guy can play. Uh, and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try not to butcher this name. Uh, Sandro. Uh, <laughs> you can do it, <laughs> Mamuklashvili. Oh my god! I'll, when I do the Seton Hall episode, I'm going to make whoever my guest is really help me out with that because you know, there you go. Sandro. Our our boy's name is Sandro. Uh, is the other first team uh, selection. God, <laughs> but you just know it. Like by mid season, we're all just going to be like ripping off his his name like it's no problem. It's yeah, exactly. That's how it always goes. Um. So yeah. So you know that those are kind of the the, the top dogs in this conference. Um, you know, obviously, Tim, you haven't obviously seen these guys very much like none of us really have, but what do you, what do you think? Just like, you know, looking at these guys, no, no, what I would call like an obvious, like first round lottery pick type, like, not like you've got, there's no like, you know, one and done types here, but some really solid, like, you know, like some really solid college basketball players. What do you, what do you think about this, this crew? I think it's going to be really quickly us going back to our roots in this conference of, you know, every game's a fight. These guys, you know, like you said, they might not be lottery picks, but these guys are going to, look, they're going to be unbelievable. They're going to be, and they're going to work so well as teams. I mean, you see a lot of doubling up, tripling up here on these preseason all-conference teams. These are legit teams with legit players, and it's it's very refreshing. And I know we don't really have the right to, to talk like we're better than anyone in the AAC after how poorly we perform sometimes, but... These guys can play. Like you mentioned, David Duke at Providence, and you know we've heard so much about him. I we haven't really had a chance to watch him much, but we know we know what he can do. We all saw Paul Scruggs last year with with Xavier. We know that he's not the only guy on Xavier who can really give us problems. Um, I saw I saw these Nova guys in person last year, and especially Robinson Earl and Gillespie in that first team. They're outstanding, and they've got a really good team around them. Um, I'm really excited to watch some Creighton basketball this year because I haven't done it enough. Um, even when Doug McDermott was there, I didn't do it enough. And now that we're in a conference with them, I'm really, I'm really excited to see what they can do. And apparently, keep your eyes on DePaul from what, from like what's going on there. You know, with uh, you know Charlie Morris. I guess he's a senior at this point, I believe, but. You know, apparently they they're locking in these like really good recruits, and, and all of a sudden, like here comes DePaul on the recruiting trail. They might actually be decent in a couple of years. So, I don't know. I don't believe that. I I think that that's just like complete alternate universe, and even crazier than twenty twenty could throw up. But who knows? Yeah, I gotta admit, DePaul they're like continuing just under underachieving is a little bit confounding to me because if you think about it, DePaul has a lot going for it. You know, they're in Chicago and they like, you know, there are some real, some real strong players in that, that area. You know, they've got like, 
they're in the Big East, so they can sell that. You know, and they're, you know, like in terms of like what kind of school they are, like they're, you know, a smaller private school. In a lot of ways, they're not that much different from Georgetown, really, like in yeah. a, in a lot of the ways that count. So, you know, I mean, obviously Georgetown's not doing so hot at the moment, but, you know, if DePaul is a program that like, if they ever get good, like, you know, it's like, it, who knows, like, you know, they have, they're, they're in the Big East. So if they actually like do well in the Big East in a given year, they're going to earn a high seed. You know, they, they're yeah. capable, fully capable of getting good players. They seem to be doing a good job of that right now. So I don't, I don't know what it is, but it'll be, I, I hope that DePaul one of these days gets good. Like, you know, it happened with Seton Hall. Like, you know, yeah, I was think I was thinking ahead, like, you know, when I, when we do the episode on Seton Hall, I can't think of a single noteworthy game that UConn's ever played against Seton Hall. And obviously like, I, I'm not a lifer. Like some of you guys are, I, my, you know, fandom only extends back to 20, you know, 2008 basically. Right. But I don't know, like, did they ever really have any close calls? I can't really think of many. So like, um, I mean, they were, they had some okay years. I, I remember being really upset when I went down to the Meadowlands and seeing and watching Seton Hall beat UConn. But um, I honestly can't even remember what year that was. I think it was like oh two, oh three, something like that. But yeah. I remember being miserable. So, but my, um, so what I'm getting at though is like at least as far as my memory goes, they were always kind of a bottom five team in the Big East. Yeah. Where and then like you know obviously you know UConn leaving probably helped have this happen. But then all of a sudden oh, they yeah. got good. Last year they should have been in the final four. Like, you know, they got, I mean, God, c- could you imagine? Just like they got hosed as bad as like Dayton is, and like Rutgers are like the only two teams I can think of that really got hosed worse, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, with Miles Powell, who knows? Um, I do, I do, I'm sorry, I have to go off on a quick to Paul tangent real quick. This won't take up too much time. Go for do it. Do you remember, um, just to go back to, uh, Another time they got some decent players. Do you remember Cleveland Melvin? Oh my God, Cleveland Melvin. There's a name I haven't thought of in a hot minute. So, quick backstory: Cleveland Melvin was supposed to go to UConn, uh, or was like very close to coming to UConn, and then backed out to go to DePaul. And I think one, I think that's how we got how uh, Tyler Olander ended up having a scholarship opened up for him. But also, he was a freshman the year of the 2011 title. So he could have been part of that national championship team. And the next season we were playing to Paul at Gamble um, sometime in like during winter break. And, you know, I was, I was right down on the floor. So Shabazz Napier is at the line coming toward the student section and someone in the section next to me, one of the students goes, Hey Cleveland, you suck at life. And I just, and I like, without even thinking, I'm like, and good decisions, just like making fun of him for going to DePaul instead of UConn and missing out on that national title. Shabazz was getting ready to shoot and he just had to stop. He like, (laughs) he puts his head down and starts laughing and has to like regather himself before he takes the sec, before he takes the foul shot. Oh my God. So then he. He collects himself, makes it, and then just looks at me and kind of just like shakes his head. Is he still laughing? Damn. <laughs> oh, poor Cleveland. <laughs> Dude, that's savage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God, could you imagine? Cleveland, uh, that dude could, I mean, he was good. He was like, I mean, I don't know, as far as I know, the best player DePaul's had in the last 10 years. I mean, other yeah. than, I suppose, other than Charlie Moore, maybe. I, I have no idea. Like, I, I, what I just said could be totally insane. I could have DePaul Twitter just coming at me like, dude, what about this guy you've never heard of? It's like... Does so, DePaul Twitter exist? 
I, I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. DePaul Twitter, if you exist, come at us. Let's go. Yes. Looking forward to, uh, oh, looking forward to interacting. That Cleveland Dig was my second favorite of the year behind when I yelled at Dan Hurley to hurry up and lose with Wagner. <laughs> Didn't know what was going to happen a few years later. So. Oh, no. Dude, oh, man. He's, you're going to, like, I don't know, cross paths with him. And he's just going to be like, hey, are you that heckler from, from the yeah. Wagner game? It's like, All I told him was grab and go closes at 10. And I just wanted him to stop fouling down double digits in the final minute. Uh, I'm having, oh, geez. <laughs> I can go way too far down a rabbit hole. Uh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. Uh, no, no, this is, this is great. <laughs> this is the content we need right now. Like, dude, think, oh, yeah. like, think about it. When was the last time we could do this? Like, you know, oh, we're not, we're not talking, we're, we're not like talking this kind of smack to Houston. I mean, no, at least, absolutely not. I don't know. They're just like, they're just guys like whatever, like they're, Houston, like Houston's a good team. Like, all right, cool. Like, whatever. But yeah. we don't, we don't care. Like, you mean nothing to us. You're a good team. No. You're, you're better than us a lot of years. But whatever. It's like if if DePaul no, ever ca- just turn it. Yeah, if like DePaul or or worse, like if you know Providence ever did to you know did to UConn what Memphis and Houston did a couple times, like beat us like by thirty five. Oh my God, there would have been like there would have been like riots breaking out. <laughs> it would have been a bad scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the AAC schools can do is just be like, you guys are bad at football, and we're just like, we know. It's like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and? <laughs> oh, man. I don't, all right, not really sure. I, I guess I, I'm trying to think of where to even kind of get back on track here. I guess, um, you know, all right, let's, let's, I don't know, let's try to shift gears here, kind of look ahead to later this season. Um do you have a sense of, I guess, kind of now that we have a better idea of what the team's going to look like and kind of what the schedule might look like, do we have any thoughts on like what this team's like projected record should be? Like it hadn't even occurred to me to even think about it, but what are we, what are we looking at? And let's just assume for now that they're going to play 20, let's just round, make a round number. say 25 games. Uh, it could be more, it could be less, but uh, what, 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 what does this season look like? And what would we consider a good, like a successful season? Um, that's a really good question. I would consider a really good season. Hmm. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Big East poll and seeing who we're uh, who are up against. And I feel like you know the expectation is always to beat these big teams. But I feel like for for this team being young, being new to this conference, to take I'd love to split with both Villanova and Creighton. But if you can split with Creighton and play two really good games, two really close games against Villanova, I think that'd be good because then you can really take it to everyone else in the conference. Um, I'd say I'd be disappointed if they lose. I don't... I'll, I'll give a little bit of room. I'd be disappointed if they lose more than six games in the conference. Yeah, so that's... you're looking at like a 14 and six conference record, which I think would be you know a really solid first year. That would be, um, yeah, that's kind I'm... of about what I was thinking too. Yeah, because that means you're probably gonna you know probably win four or five of your non-conference games. Uh, you know, hopefully only one. Hopefully you win them all, but like you know, I could see yeah. them losing one. So you know that that would almost get you to a 20 win season. And in a year like this, I mean, that could mean Take a lot. It. That could win. That could mean even more than usual. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, that, that feels about right. I was going to say, like, you know, UConn's final record, regular season record, somewhere in the ballpark of, like, 18 wins and, you know, six losses or something, maybe seven. Yeah. You know, obviously, you want, you want to do, it would, if they, it would be great if they won 25-0 and 0 or whatever, but <laughs> I think just being realistic, you know, last year, I think the, uh, the, the teams that won the Big East Championship, like, all finished with five losses each. So, you know, this conference, teams will beat up on each other. And just like the middle of the conference is so such a hodgepodge that you're going to have some some really weird kind of uh, WTF wins and losses sometimes yeah, probably. That's such a that's such an important thing to remember is and there's a reason why like it's not what it used to be, but there's a reason why so many teams from the Big East make the NCAA tournament with what look like lackluster records compared to you know teams. And best example we can give the American is because they you beat the crap out of each other in this conference and, and I, like we were we were 9 and 9 in 2011 obviously again different different conference now but still that same mentality that's that same fight like you know you look you look and you know I said six losses in this conference so okay like say two against Villanova and one against Creighton you know you're looking at dog fights against Providence Seton Hall Marquette Xavier and even even Butler, St. John's, DePaul, and Georgetown are not going to be cakewalk games. You know, it's not like what you would expect going to East Carolina or Tulane or something like that. Like being being the worst team in the Big East still makes you a top ninety team in the country. Yeah, you would you would expect. Yeah, no, absolutely for sure. Yeah, so I'm just thinking like no matter you know even in the best case scenario, I know UConn is definitely going to lose a weird game to Marquette or to Xavier. Yeah. Uh, maybe to both. Who knows? Like, yeah, they're they're definitely you know they're definitely gonna lose at least once to Villanova, probably twice. But I don't know. Who? Maybe maybe not. Maybe they'll maybe they'll. Let's let's not rule out the possibility that UConn could actually turn out to be really good. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of uh, uh how how great would that be? Could you imagine? Like, can we indulge in some like some serious like homerific fantasy here? What if UConn is awesome this year? Yeah. <laughs> Like how how dope would that be? be? It's just a matter of will they be, and I'm like I, you know I've seen some crazy stuff in my almost thirty years of UConn basketball, and I'm fully ready for them to just like I'm ready for James Booknight to just be an absolute monster this year. You know how long has RJ Cole been waiting for this chance to get on the court? And you're gonna have healthy a Cook. You're gonna have healthy Polly very early in the season. Like. These guys are gonna be like, they're gonna come out here and they're gonna be, not not possessed, but they've been waiting so long for this. And these like every guy has reason to be super hungry right now, and you know it's gonna be fun no matter what. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So the team itself. I mean, you know, we, we talked on past episodes. Obviously, you know, I don't have much of an inkling on what the starting lineup's gonna look like. Cause like there's, you could make a case for almost everybody on the roster, you know, like book Knight's obviously a lock Cole's a lock Gaffney. Like I feel like he's going to play. If he doesn't start, he's going to play starter minutes. Like, yeah, I mean, he's a, I'm well, the pictures of him, like in the, in the gym over the last couple of months are just like, da- all, all damn of, all of them. But uh, like, he, especially like yeah. he, last oh, yeah. year, he looked like he was like a little string bean. And now he like walks in looking like he's, I don't know, like almost like like freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like what that like what have you what the hell have you been eating, dude? Like, yeah. 
oh and then, like they all and it's happened to all of them like you know a cook was kind of the same thing he showed up on campus last year and he was just like you know he was yeah just like the, the skinniest dude ever and now he's like i don't know almost looks like like a like, seems like he's like he's a jack into a taller Jeff Adrian body. Kinda, yeah, or like he like a jacked Matumbo or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. It just he's got shoulders now, which is just a terrifying, oh. just a terrifying thing to imagine. Could you imagine going up against that guy? Except he's like also huge. <laughs> I have in my nightmares. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The nice thing about having him on your team is you get you get to have that dream, and it's not a nightmare. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, all of them. It's it's going to be fun just to see what they look like. Uh, you know, this team. The biggest problem they've had like all decade is that they've con- they've never been like the most physically dominant team, and now it feels like finally they may actually have a chance to actually bully some teams again. Yeah. Um, before- I, re- I remember when um, the news about the strength coach. I can't remember his name. Um, I, I it's, it's I don't there. I don't I don't I think it's Renfrall. Is that it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Michael Michael Rayfelt something like that the monster um, factory guy we'll just go with that yeah he uh he came over from cincinnati i think i just remember cincinnati uh like cincinnati fans online were just like raging about it you know as if it wasn't bad enough that we were leaving them behind in that conference they're they're losing their strength coaches and everyone's like oh this is not good like uconn's just gonna be like barreling over people now aren't they and then you see the like but you see the before and after photos this summer, and you're just like, "Oh, let's go!" <laughs> yeah, dude. And Cincinnati, like you know, obviously we love to uh, to bag on Cincinnati, but the one thing you gotta say is that those guys were men. <laughs> like, yes, they had some real, some real, uh, some real big dudes over there. So, be fun to steal their steal their talent, so to speak. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, it, it, you know now that we're kind of on the subject of the roster, it, it probably bears mentioning that uh the team isn't practicing right now um you know the coronavirus pandemic is still a factor here and uh yeah somebody uh a person who we do not we do not know who but somebody on the team is apparently tested positive so uh all uh, it looks like i believe the time frame is that they can't begin practicing again until the 19th or something like that which is uh not ideal obviously um but you know, obviously, you know, safety of everybody involved is the most important thing. So I don't. I mean, this is not the sort of thing that we need to have a take about or thoughts about. Yeah. But I'll ask you anyway. I guess you know, this, it's not not a good situation, obviously. But I don't know. What do, what do you think? Uh, how, how do you think this is gonna yeah, impact just, the team? I'm. You know, this was you know this was something you had to worry about from from the start. You know, it's. You know they've been they've been being as careful as they can, and it's you know it's really good that they're gonna they're gonna try to get this season in. It's you know it's not an ideal situation at all, and you know there's at some point you know that's I like that the Big East came out with this five games early on, and then we reevaluate and possibly go into a bubble. Um, from what I've seen with you know with the bubbles for the NWSL for MLS. NBA, WNBA, um, the NHL—they've—they've they've all done a really good job of keeping cases, keeping cases out of there. And you know, if that's the best solution, so be it. But you know, hopefully, hopefully, whoever it is doesn't have any complications afterward. We know that that's something that can happen. So hopefully, they can come back and have a have a really, a really great season. And you know, in terms of you know, again, not going down the take hole. If 
you know, if you're not going to be able to practice until the 19th and then have a game on the 25th, you know, and, you know, the games against Central, Hartford, Sacred Heart, those are the games early on. Like, it's, you know, you can still get really positive things out of those games. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, even even if you're a tad rusty, I mean, these guys, you know, even if the team activities have stopped, I'm sure these guys are going to try to, you know, to stay like, uh, you know, working out to the best of their ability. And oh, yeah. I don't I mean, I don't know, like, to what degree they're being quarantined. Like, you know, if they're just stuck in a dorm room, obviously it could be a little bit challenging. But if, you know, whatever, I'm not going to not even going to speculate, but the guys are going to do what they can, obviously. So, you know, if starting up against Central Connecticut or whoever it ends up being, it's they should win either way. You know, they're, they're just so talented. You know, it's not like they're going to just forget yeah. how to play basketball. They'll maybe it'll just be like, they'll run a few of the wrong rotations and, you know, Danny may have to yell at them a few times, be like, come on guys. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. don't be stupid, but you know, they'll, it's, you know, better this way as opposed to, I don't know, an alternative reality where they open up against like Duke or something like that. in one of those marquee early season, uh, you know, opening weekend games that a few uh, teams are going to be playing. So and the big thing for UConn this year is there's depth. There's a lot of depth here. When when you look at the guys who produced at any point last year with Carlton, uh, Polly, a cook, I'm just going up the roster right now, Adams, Whaley, Booknight, Gaffney, those guys all can't start. Like, they can't. And you're throwing in Cole. You're throwing in Tyrese Martin. You're throwing in potentially Richie Springs. You've got Adama Sanogo. Uh, Javante Brown, I you know, hopefully he can get a lot of minutes in, and then Andre Jackson, who is gonna be, who's gonna be book night a year later. So there is so much depth on this team that you know, the guys last year when a cook went down, when Polly went down, when other guys couldn't play or other guys were struggling, everyone stepped up and. Now you've got those guys who stepped up, plus guys who you know have the ability to step up more this year. Like this is, there's a lot of minutes that are going to have to be distributed on this team. There's, you know, if if someone can't come back from from an injury or they get sick, like it's I'm not as worried as I would have been last year or the year before. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's what's the best part about that too is like these new guys. It's not out of the realm of possibility that we could see like four of those guys starting by like, you know, the, the a month into the season. Like, would you be yeah. shocked at all if by, let's say, January, you know, you've got book night, obviously, and then the rest of the starting lineup is some combination of Cole, Andre Jackson, Sonogo and Tyrese Martin? Like, I, I mean, obviously, like. I know you, you may need maybe the size does, you know, the, you know, you might need some, some bigs in there to, you know, to balance things out. I don't know exactly, but like, would you be shocked at all? I wouldn't like, no, it would be, it would be, it's, and like, that makes your bench basically last year's team. And last year's team was pretty good. Like, yeah. And they're all going to be better. So it's fat. It's, it's going to be fascinating to see. I can't wait. Um, I'm just, I'm the only, like the only intangible that I'm really curious about is how you fill the Christian Fatale leadership void, how you, you know, Altery Gilbert had kind of that, had that aura on this team too. So, you know, those, those are gaps that need to be filled. And, you know, there are guys on this team who are going to do it. It's just going to be curious to see 
how not having guys like that affect them. Because, man, like, CV was such a motivational leader on this team last year and obviously performed on the court, too. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, Christian Vettel was a tremendous player. And obviously, I it kills me that he, it ended the way it did for him. I wish he could yeah. still be on this team now. But I'm not worried about, you know, their leadership. I, I think... I, I think this team is ready to kick some ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm totally here for it. It's going to be good. Uh, well, anyway, I feel like that's probably a good place to leave it. Uh, I don't know, Tim, while I got you, anything else uh, you, you want to uh, talk about with uh, per, as it pertains to this team? Uh, just, you know, I'm bummed that we're not going to be able to be there in person. I think it's the right decision with uh, with not having fans in the stands outside family. Um but man, it just, it would have been so much fun if we could. And hopefully we can all uh, come together soon to celebrate this, uh, this new and improved UConn team in a new and improved conference. Yeah, dude. And well, you know what, there's, you know, as we're recording this, uh, you know, some good news came out on the prospects of an upcoming vaccine. So hopefully that pans out. And, you know, whenever we are able to go back to actually attending live, live games again, and, uh, you know, enjoy UConn in the Big East. It's going to be there waiting for us. It's not like this was, you know, Seton Hall missing out on their shot at the Final Four. This is a forever thing. And yeah. this year is just a, you know, if it winds up being a, you know, if we have to watch the first season of UConn in the Big East from our couch, so be it. It's better than the last seven years. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. It's better than having to go into a bubble with East Carolina and Tulsa and Tulane. Uh yeah <laughs> anyway on that note uh tim thanks again for coming on um and all uh, of you guys it's a pleasure mac yeah of, of course man uh and all of you guys thanks so much for listening again we'll be back next week um we're gonna kick back up on the uh the the, the series you know um got got a hopefully a date scheduled with a uh, special guest who will talk uh, Creighton basketball because I know all of us I think honestly I think of all the, the teams that's the kind of the big wild card like we, we just don't I, I, I just do not feel qualified to talk about them at all and uh, you know it's going to be nice to you know learn a little bit more about them and uh, yeah then obviously as the season approaches we'll dive into that and uh, you know obviously this show began as a uh, you know the dive back and you know look back in some of the great games and we will continue to do that as the time goes on but uh one of the nice things about now is that we don't really need to look to the past anymore. Now we get to look to the future and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get a good mix of it as the you know time goes on. But I am so appreciative to all of you guys for listening. The show has been so much fun. And, uh, you know, what's it been like six, seven, eight months in now? It's been a, it's been a blast and looking forward to a, a good season of UConn basketball. Um, so yeah so anyway we will be back next week you know the drill follow me on twitter at max cerullo m-a-c-c-e-r-u-l-l-o dms are open email me at yesuconpodcast at gmail.com and uh yeah just uh leave those five star reviews and help us game those algorithms so we can be higher up on the charts um there are very many UConn podcasts, but we're uh, one of the higher ranked ones now. So that's a huge thanks to you guys. And, uh, you know, looking forward to keeping this train rolling into the, the new era of Big East basketball. Well, we'll catch you all later. You all have a good one.